1975, Jaws was released. It is routinely regarded as one of the greatest films of all time and is generally credited with creating the concept of the summer blockbuster. In 1978, in an obvious cash grab, Jaws 2 was released, failing to have lightning strike a second time, but presenting a generally enjoyable film. In 1983, Jaws 3D was released, shamelessly attempting to take advantage of a gullible audience. By 1987, there was no pretense of quality as Lorraine Gary and Michael Caine cashed paychecks for sleepwalking through a pointless and incredulous sequel. In 2016, Paul Spatero created Is It Jaws, in which he and a group of rotating guest hosts discuss new and old movies and place them up against the Jaws scale, which ignores some elements of the actual films and sets forth a rating scale. Jaws, an all-time great classic film. Jaws 2, an enjoyable film with some flaws but worthy of multiple viewings. Jaws 3, a moderately enjoyable film. And finally, Jaws 4, a bad movie. Please join Paul and his guests as they ask the ever-important question, Is it Jaws?
Hello everybody and welcome to Is It Yours? I'm Paul Spitaro and I am joined this week by Mr. Scott Rifen. I I am from the South and I swear I heard you say Is It Yours? But you didn't. You didn't say that. <laughs> you know, that South is going to kill me. <laughs> and Mr. Matt Hunsworth, who I know is living in the South but is not from the South. Oh, good God, no. Oh, no, he's living in Florida. That's not the South. <laughs> that's not the South. That's, that's, that's oh, the South. You, know, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> For me, you know, you, you go to the other side of the Verrazano Bridge, you're South as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> and you got to pay 17 bucks to get back. I learned that. That's right. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was the, my, my whole life. I was like, no, don't make the wrong turn. Don't make the wrong turn. Oh, and I got to get paid to get back to Philly. <laughs> so... As I was just saying before we started the episode, these are my Star Wars guys, and we're here today to look at Did the rise of Star Wars. Yes, yes, because yes, okay. he's not from the South. Yeah, I just didn't feel like it was a good introduction. <laughs> well, well let, let me let me let me go back then. <laughs> Let's be honest, I would like to introduce that, that hears me on this show is expecting me to apologize in advance for anything that I might say or do <laughs> in the next hour. That's oh, that sounds like my show. <laughs> I would like to introduce one of the most knowledgeable, intelligent, well-spoken Star Wars fans that I know. Well, but I, I have Matt Hunts, but I have Matt Hunsworth here instead. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I just steamrolled right over your joke. Yeah. <laughs> Some things never change no matter what show I'm on. Uh, internet delays destroy comic timing. <laughs> yes. Well, that's uh, that's kind of one of the old one of the oldest jokes in the podcasting book, I think, anyway. So I can work with that. But we're here to today to look at The Rise of Skywalker. You know, I'm, I really i am thinking I'm at the point where I don't ever want to say Star Wars episode blah, blah, blah. Because I don't care about that. <laughs> I don't know how you guys feel about that. But I, I think that's that's my, my, my own rebellion against the title A New Hope. Is that Star Wars and nothing else mm-hmm. is? Yeah, okay. Uh, it's it's funny. I, I ten years ago probably would have agreed with you, but I've gotten more accustomed to saying it since doing our show because that's what we. I'm not saying we have to do it or do it for a reason. It's just how we identify the character we're talking about. So for me, I've actually adopted that more than I ever have in my life. Using a new hope. Well, yeah, the whole thing, the Star Wars, uh, the whole title, Star Wars episode, whatever. Keep going from there. I, I like. Ten, like I said, eleven years ago before we started the show, it always would have been Star Wars, Empire, Jedi, and whatever else was out before we did the show. And then, but now it's yeah, the whole title sounds completely natural to me for some bizarre reason. Because then, then I start feeling I have to start saying Solo, a Star Wars story. Yeah, and, and I don't want to do no. that. I just want to call it Solo. We say yeah. the undeveloped and unrealized Boba Fett movie that was once rumored. That, that takes a while to get through a show. <laughs> we say that. <laughs> See, I'm the opposite of Matt on that. In that. Like back in the day when it was nerdy over nostalgia, uh, I wanted to make sure everything was exactly precisely correct. And now that it's really nostalgia above everything else, I've reverted my kid self, which, you know, it was just Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. And yeah. then those other movies. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, that, so I, I'm kind of away from saying episode anytime, except the prequels, because they were like marketed. As oh, episode God, one, yeah. episode two, episode three. I mean, that's the biggest thing on the poster, besides Darth Vader's head on the third one, is episode one, episode two, episode three. So those I kind of still fall back into it. 
Yeah, I'm willing. I am willing to go episode one, episode two, episode three. I'm not willing to go episode seven, episode eight, episode nine. Yeah, well, and 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 they weren't really marketed that way either. So, you know, so were, I guess I guess my my protest has fallen short because I'm already willing to refer to those other ones as the episode. <laughs> You're bending. Yeah, I, I, I'm weak. What can I tell you? <laughs> so. Just just by way of background, and I think you know we've kind of gone through this before. I am a Star Wars fan. I love the movies. I actually, you know, there's certain things I'm an easy mark for, and basically every live action Star Wars movie there's been I've enjoyed. So I'm I'm not going to be much different here. Uh, I think other people, you you guys are both certainly much more vested in the extended universe information than I am. There's no question about that. Uh, and and even even the actual films themselves, I, I know you guys are both more knowledgeable than I am. Uh, but I'm basically, if I go to see a Star Wars movie in the theater, odds are very very high that I'm going to get some level of enjoyment out of it. Whereas I think some people who are even more vested than I am find certain things to be more bothersome than I do. So coming off of the Last Jedi. Where did you guys stand going into this movie? Matt? Okay. <laughs> well, it's no matter what my relationship is with Star Wars at any given time, when the next movie comes out, above anything, I'm going to watch it. Now we're getting to the point of when the next streaming series comes out, I'm going to watch that mm-hmm. as well. So regardless of what my opinion was of any movie prior, I am going to see a Star Wars movie the night it comes out, and it's hard not to get excited about it, again, regardless of, of how I left the last movie. So going into re, uh, Rise of Skywalker, I was certainly excited to see what was next. There was some cool imagery from uh, different marketing materials, trailers, clips that the one really out of left field, or I shouldn't say out of left field, maybe out of left field, the unexpected teaser we had of the, the Emperor just like a week before really ramped me up. So I was... I was like every every new release, I was excited to see it. Maybe I'm getting a little more cautiously optimistic as we go, but I'm still always excited when a new movie comes around. Uh, I you know the, you know you, you specified live action. I heard you do that. That was that was nice. Uh, <laughs> that, and that was intentional. Yeah, uh, because there is really only one time I ever walked out of a Star Wars movie going that sucked. Yeah, and that was the Clone yeah. Wars. So. And I still can't understand. I, you know, I've never made my way through the series, sadly, just because I always think about that first movie when I sit down and watch it. But I understand it. Got Perhaps a lot better, if they didn't I'm... have Truman Capote in it, I would have liked it more. <laughs> Speaking of which, yeah. Um, but no, it, it's uh, yeah. I, I but I will say this, and, and maybe it's a case of the expectations. Uh, but when I walked out of the Last Jedi. Uh, and especially when I walked in because a friend of mine had just gone to see the early show and I was having to see the late show on opening night. Uh, and a buddy of mine was just, it's the best, it's the best one. I loved it so much. And I went and saw it and I came out going, what the hell was that? <laughs> um, not that it didn't have its moments and not that it didn't have things. Again, I, there, like, you, you have to, you have to really try hard to not like everything about a Star Wars movie. Um, and there are little things that I like to focus on. I like the opening battle minus the dialogue. And uh, I know everybody, this is a point of contention, but I love those bombers. Uh, and, and I'll tell you the big reason I love those bombers is because um, actually about three years ago, and then recently again this past November, 
so now twice, but but at the time I'd seen the uh, Last Jedi, it was just once. Uh, I had I've been up in a B seventeen, a World War Two B seventeen. Oh wow! And when they first showed the interior of those bombers during that battle, I went, "That's the B seventeen. That is the World War Two B seventeen. They just you know obviously changed it around a little bit, spacified it, but overall it's largely designed based on a B seventeen. Uh, so, you know, neat little things like that. Uh, I have no love for the Canto, Canto Bite sequence, but yet uh, yes. I think the, the costumes of the security guards are so Ralph McQuarrie, George Lucas, it's not even funny. So, you know, there's there's little things to like, but in the overall, I, I'll tell you, I was crushed. And a, a lot of the state of fandom had me crushed. I mean, had me really withdrawing myself. Uh, and the state of authors telling 50% of the country to throw themselves into a wood chipper had yeah. me uh, a little uh, disappointed and all that, so, to the point that I pretty much, you know, as a guy who had originally was bought every book, every hardcover, every uh, audio book, really stopped. Um, and I still buy the comics, but it's rare. I mean, it, when it's, a new book comes out, if I'm interested in it, the first thing I do is I go to Twitter and I see, have I been blocked by this author? <laughs> well, then I'll consider it. Um so, but the the weird thing was where my fandom took a real hit after Last Jedi and kind of the state of fandom at the time, uh, it started a resurgence because Last Jedi products didn't really sell, and so I started finding them at seventy five, eighty, ninety percent off, and I started going, hey, I'm going to start collecting Star Wars things again because they're all they're all ninety percent off, <laughs> really easy and, to buy. Yeah. So, so, so your fandom is is for sale. Yeah, oh well, yeah. Oh yeah. please, come on. Who's isn't? But uh, so yeah, what's this, the stuff? The cheap stuff started flowing. I mean, there was a there was a weekly order to Best Buy online. <laughs> going, I'm going to get these five things this week and these five things next week. And uh, suddenly, I started buying more things than I had been buying in years. Mostly because, again, they're really, really cheap. Um, I mean, I have no use for a water bottle with a picture of a father on it, but it was two dollars as opposed to the twenty five it was <laughs> when it came out. So. I got it. Um, they keep make, if they keep making things cheaper, you're going to go broke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I about went broke uh, starting to collect all the Last Jedi stuff because all of a sudden I was like, wow, this stuff is – I'm getting it all. Um, but that having been said, uh, you know, was I excited about another movie? I thought when they announced J.J. coming back, that was a little okay. I'm all right with that because I did enjoy Force Awakens. And then uh, the trailer, and I saw Emperor coming back, and I said, you know, this is actually interesting to me. This is intriguing. So, yeah, I I, I like Matt uh, when I saw the, the little, I guess it's really pretty much the opening scene they yeah, right. released. Um, I got really excited about that, too, because it just was, it was compelling. And uh, so, yeah, I was, I was right there, uh, front and center, day one, or actually near the back and center, because that's where I sit. But... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it, it, we, you know, I, I was excited. I, I, you know, when there's a new Star Wars movie, it, you can't help but turn on that little 10 year old kid. It's true. Yeah. Yep. And so the 10 year old kid just kind of takes over and no matter how cynical or frustrated or annoyed you get, that little kid is, is jazzed and you want to, you want that little kid to be happy. That's, I wanted to point on one thing you said, the state of fandom, I, everything you said, I think I was exactly same experience. I I had gone to the point of having no Star Wars presence online except for the show, and that mainly had to do with having fun with my friends. It didn't have to do with Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. But I think 
I think kind of blacking myself out of that. I mean, it was, a, it was unavoidable the first three months after The Last Jedi, but kind of turning myself off to all that for like the next nine months, I think helped me get to a state of being excited for this as opposed yeah. to if I kept on top of everything all the way up to the release, I might have gone into it with a much different attitude. That's interesting. Uh, and I totally get that, too. <laughs> totally See, I, get that. I right? have a uh, – my policy – you know, and I go to Seinfeld. Oh, the delicate genius has a policy. But uh, <laughs> my policy is if I know for a fact that I'm going to see a movie, I try to put a moratorium on getting any information in advance because I don't want to spoil things. I don't like spoilers. I prefer to just experience it all as much as I can, you know, in the moment. Now, that doesn't mean when I go to a movie that I run out if a trailer comes on for something that I plan to see. But yeah. I won't click on the trailer online. I won't go out of my way to see it. Put it that way. I don't, you know, I don't, like I said, go running out of the theater. But uh, I had very, very little exposure to what this movie was going to be. I did have some questions because I knew the tone between The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi was quite different. So I had some concerns about where are they going to go with this? How are they going to reconcile that since they're going back to Abrams? Uh, and I still have some of those questions, even having seen the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we'll yeah. talk a little bit more about yeah, that, yeah. I guess, as we go on. But I went in cautiously optimistic because I had yet to see a live action Star Wars movie in the movie theater that I did not enjoy to, you know, to, to varying extents. But I, I enjoyed all of them. Uh, so I expected to enjoy this one, and then that will take me to the next point after I had seen it, just in you know, encapsulating a, a description of it. I enjoyed it. I thought this was a, a, an enjoyable movie, although not earth-shattering. Uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't think it was the most uh, mind-numbing experience. I didn't think it really tread new ground where I kind of hoped it would. But it was an enjoyable, whatever it is, two hours and 15 minutes, I think, somewhere in that range. Well, longer, uh, two, 220-something, I think. Okay. But I, you know, hang but on. I have it on my iPad minus the credits. Should I say that? <laughs> no, you shouldn't say that. But I have it on Wikipedia, so uh, I could tell you it is 142 minutes, so 222. Yeah, 222. Okay. It's so, but there was no Karen Valentine. Um that's 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 a deep that's a deep cut uh but uh you know it it was an enjoyable two hours and 22 minutes for for me i'm not sure where i rank it among the other eight films but i enjoyed it so you know just to take it to its barest bones i walked out feeling relatively satisfied that i had seen a movie uh that gave me the ending to a story and i felt you know again satisfied how did you guys walk out of the theater? I uh, my initial reaction when I went to Twitter after the movie because that's what you have to do now. Uh, no, no I do not. <laughs> and uh, my initial reaction then, I think I summed it up the best way I could have summed it up at the time, and I still stand by it, which is uh, the rise of Skywalker is a hot mess. But remember, a hot mess is still hot. <laughs> that's pretty good. I don't necessarily disagree with that description, <laughs> despite the fact that I enjoyed the movie. I think there are points in it where I do feel oh. it's kind of a hot mess. 
Oh no, it's there. There are points where it's absolutely crazy, uh, and, and in the end, where they're just literally throwing in every single. It was almost like the end of Top Secret, where she's saying goodbye to everybody. They're about to get on the plane, <laughs> and, she, and then I'll miss you most of all, Scarecrow. It's like everybody yep. she could possibly say goodbye to. At the end of Rise of Skywalker, they are literally throwing in as many. Okay, we, we've been trying to give everybody as much love as we can, but we don't have time to do it all. So here's one, here's one, and you get a car, and you get a car, and you get here's a, here's a gay kiss, and here's a medal for Chewie, and here's a you know. So, I mean, it's just literally they're just throwing it to the point when she hands the medal to Chewie, I just started laughing out loud. I was the only one laughing because I'm like, my God, will they stop at nothing at this point? They're gonna learn like we're gonna make this right for everybody. You get one, and here's you, and there's one, and. It, it, was, it did. A, you know. It did have. It had a feeling like, like it was a, a movie that was on the books 15 years ago, got canceled, and suddenly got funded. So they wanted to make sure they wrapped up everything they possibly could because they may never do it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> exactly. It's a. Uh, it's one of the Alienation TV movies. Is what happened. That's there you go. I'm actually a, thinking the Farscape miniseries, but that'll Farscape work too. Series. <laughs> <laughs> But they, yeah, they it just, I mean, they're like, okay, we're sorry. And, and the, the funny thing was, like, the people who passionately hate Last Jedi, and then the people who passionately love Last Jedi, and they really went out of their way to try to make both of them happy, and they pissed all of them off. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it did get, I think it got 51% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is as divided as you can be. Yeah. <laughs> Except fifty percent. Critics, that was a critic well, score. I was just going to say the critic score and the audience score are almost a mirror reflection of Last Jedi. It's such a weird thing between those two movies when you take mm-hmm. when you look at those kind of numbers. Yeah, that's a yeah. Audience score on this one was eighty six, positive fifty two on the critics thing. So, but and uh, I think the, you had a certain element of the audience, and I'm going to use uh, our friend Scott Gardner as an example, mm-hmm. who disliked Last Jedi enough that they said, I'm not going to see this one. That surprised me. He actually, yeah, I got a message from him, I think, first thing in the morning asking if I was going. And I said, yeah, I'd already bought the ticket a few months ago, yada, yada, yada. And he, he, he his, I forget his exact words, but it was this, this something, the effect of, I, I, I'm not going and I have no intention of going. I, I forget what, was, what the word he said, but it's something like that. What was he, was he virtue signaling? I don't know what the <laughs> This movie, I'm not going to go. Let me go check around with everybody else, see if they're going, because I'm going to tell them I'm not going. Scott's theory, if I'm saying it right, and if I'm not, you know, he'll listen to this and, and let me know. But I think his theory is if he doesn't like what he thinks they're doing, he re- he does not, under any circumstances, want them to have his money because he feels then they'll keep doing what they're doing. No, no. So he's, he's it's, not, it's not a bad theory. I just... Uh, you know, I, I'm only going to be around for so many years, and, I, and there's only going to be so many Star Wars movies before I'm gone. And I plan to see all of them. Yeah. Well, he, no, but he's not wrong about that. I mean, and, and one of the things that, that people refuse to admit is Last Jedi suffered from a staggering drop-off at the box office. I mean, it opened strong and then uh, really fell off hard. You know, it opened just under where uh, Force Awakens opened. And then it wound up finishing worldwide about 600 plus million behind Force Awakens. So there was a, you know, there was a sense of somebody's not happy with this movie. I think there was also, and I don't want to dwell too long on The Last Jedi, but I think there was also, you know how sometimes you go to a movie and 
you have whatever level of enjoyment while you're watching it, but then afterwards when you think about it, you start thinking, you know what, that was even better than I thought. Or, boy, I can't yeah. believe I enjoyed that so much. That when, Now that I'm thinking about it, it was crap. You know, yeah. you know how yeah. that can happen. Uh, I think the Internet influenced that on The Last Jedi. Yeah, well, you know, I told you I had a friend that before I went in, so this is the greatest thing ever. He became one of the biggest Last Jedi haters over the next couple of years. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, which is like total, total protonic reversal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I know my my son who saw the Last Jedi with me. Uh, he we walked out. He was you know he was fine. And then you know like later on when when it came time to get tickets for this one he was like I don't think I want to go see this one because I really didn't enjoy the Last Jedi that much. Wow. And I think wow. he was influenced post seeing it by talking to people who had their issues with it and i don't question anybody for having their issues with it and i also don't even question anybody who hears those issues and thinks hey that's right i just you know i didn't really have a problem with the last jedi to speak of there were mm -hmm. issues about it there were certain things that you know like you said the uh there's certain sequences that i could have done without absolutely but uh, you know if anybody really wants to hear what we thought two years ago when that came out uh, you know matt wasn't on with us that day but scott was uh, That's so, true, and I was right. very diplomatic that day. I think you were. I think you usually are. Uh, no, but that's one of the things about the movie, and I had problems with it. I know this is not this episode we're supposed to talk about it, but you can't not talk about Rise of Skywalker without framing it up next to right. Last Jedi. Um, one of the things I kept – people kept coming to me, well, because you're – you know, everybody – you know, we're their Star Wars guy. When you go to the office, you're the Star Wars guy in the office, and they want to know what you have to say about it. And uh, with that one – um, I just kept telling people, go see it for yourself and decide for yourself, and that's all I would say. You know, you just you just need to don't take my advice or my word on it. You just go see it for yourself. I didn't endorse it, but I didn't walk away from it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, but but you know what? That when you are the Star Wars guy, that is yeah, that, that that's, that's a pan. Kind of yeah, because, and I'll use uh, my my Bruce Springsteen friend as an example. I have one friend who's a huge Bruce Springsteen fan, and I know that when a new Bruce Springsteen album comes out, I can't say to him, how is this album? Because I guarantee you he's going to say, I like it. Yeah. So when you, if, if I asked him, how was this new Bruce Springsteen album, and if he told me, eh, <laughs> I would say, boy, that album must be shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> he likes everything that yeah. he comes out with. So when my Star Wars friend says... When I ask him if he liked it or not, if he says, eh, you know, see it yourself and make your own decision, I'm thinking he's saying, I didn't like it, but I don't want to turn you off. Yeah. That's it's how I interpret that. No. So, you know, I, you know, frankly, I did not think this was a, a great movie, but I got enjoyment out of it. Uh, and now we didn't actually get your first impressions, Matt. I was going to say, what was the question? Which show is this? <laughs> right. Well, I do actually. Here's where the in character thing kicked in. He, Scott brought up the the, the um, scarecrow at the end of Top Secret. It was played by Richard Bonehill, who was a stormtrooper in Return of the Jedi. In case anyone was wondering, there you go. <laughs> nice pull, <laughs> nice pull. Oh my! Anyway, you've been um, waiting a long well, time to say that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, it was. I forgot about it's it until I went back and remembered what the question was. It's on Swick number three forty seven. <laughs> yeah. So um, I I walked out. This is a weird way to describe a movie, but it was it was my reaction. I actually just went through my text 
earlier to see what I told my wife to remember what I said. And I said I liked it more than I expected I would, which is a very weird thing to say. I mean, that's especially a weird Star quali- Wars. Yeah, that's a really weird qualifier for any movie, especially Star Wars. Especially and, since you said you were a little pumped for it when it came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I left it. I, I was initially satisfied by what I saw. I enjoyed the two hours and twenty minutes I was sitting there, and then you start thinking about it. And <laughs> well, that's what I was talking about. Yes, and things change a little bit. Like, well, hold on. Wait a minute. What about this? And why Why this? And why didn't we do this from the beginning? And I ultimately kind of classified it as the end of a trilogy that we never saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I kind of well, upset about that, about the entire run of the movies now. Well, you know, we, we actually, we did, a, uh, we did a commentary track on it uh, about two weeks after it was out. Steve Gloss and Shaz Bazaar and I. And we kind of sat through it and went, you know, dramatically, this is two movies, and we can show you there's a there's a dramatic point when he and Ray have big lightsaber duel. At the end, he makes the revelation about her parentage, and right there is the dead center of the film time wise. Mm. Wow. Okay. And had they had they been able to flesh that into two two and a half hour movies. I think we had a really good trilogy right there with with that. You know, it's funny because, and again, to throw back to Last Jedi, but something has always stuck with me. One of the reviews I read when the film came out was, the reviewer said, this is the least consequential of any Star Wars movie. And I thought, well, that's ridiculous because Snoke gets killed and blah, blah, blah. You know, the more I thought about it, I thought, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, not that much happens. Hmm. You know, it's not really, it doesn't really advance anything very much. So... We we actually have to advance everything for two movies worth in Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> yeah. and literally, if you'd been able to make two movies with that that same basic premise, but be able to flesh it out more and have it make a little more sense, explain it a little more, uh, and, and break it right there, you've got a climactic lightsaber battle, you got a big reveal, great cliffhanger. Because there's another thing, Last Jedi didn't have no cliffhanger, and yeah. some people, I guess, are okay with that. But you know, from a box office perspective, look what Thanos's snap did for. Endgame. <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, I mean, the, the entire country talked about that snap for a year and couldn't wait to find out what happened. But there was no, there was no hook at the end of Last Jedi that said, "Man, we got to line up and go see this Rise of Skywalker." But if they had come up and had this big battle on that Star Destroyer, and and Kylo Ren drops the dive bomb, or not even on the Star Destroyer, but on he's on ground and she's on the Star Destroyer, which is cool. Um, and then he makes that reveal, that big, you know, they drop that thing. Then right after that, there's a great break in the uh, in the action where you, that's it, that's your that's your second movie, and let's move on to our third movie. What if the opening scene of this movie was the last scene of Last Jedi? How much talking would that have uh, <laughs> brought up for the past next two years? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would have gone. I would have been okay with that too. Yeah, even if we didn't get the explanation, yeah. on, wait, how did this happen? We'd still be like, what the. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the the other thing that I do want to say about Rise of Skywalker is uh, it, it's a shame that this is the one movie where our supposed new big three are together because I think they have great chemistry. Yeah. And I think it shows. And I think they, they seem to like each other and get along well. I think they're well cast. But we don't know that until this movie. That is uh, was a little frustrating, too. And, and another one of those things where I don't. 
I'm not thinking about it as I'm watching it, but once all said and done, it's, that realization comes out, and it just kind of makes the everything leading up to it a little more uh, make me think about it a little more with a disappointed feeling towards everything in a weird way. I'm not saying I'm completely disappointed. I'm just saying it enhances a couple things even more so because yeah. you're right. You're absolutely right. We put them all. We put all three together. We had a couple of, of good moments of each in their specialty during these adventure moments like we did in the original trilogy. And yeah. it, you're right. It took us all this time to get to that point. It feels like that when they're together and doing that. And that's mm-hmm. what I kind of thought they were putting this cast together to do. Right. <laughs> they didn't do it. Yeah. Like they, they went right into the, okay, we're all going to go off on separate missions kind of thing. Yeah. So, and it was just, I mean, you know, it, it, that's all fine, but you had already had a movie where they weren't really together. I mean, I mean, Ray didn't meet Finn or, or Finn. Ray didn't meet Poe until the end of the second movie, of the trilogy. Yeah, and by oh, the, you're the, right. By the beginning of <laughs> yeah. the third movie, yeah. they're already like uh, sniping at each other. Yeah, well, that's and I'm okay with that. You know, as long as that's, that's and that's a nice thing about setting the stories with time apart, yes. as opposed yes. to picking it up the next day, because you yes. can. Your your um your suspension of disbelief can perfectly fill in enough of the gaps to buy what how the relationships have changed and that was missing yes. in, in the Last Jedi as well. Yes, but yes. I think that, I think they would have benefited by having some moments to earn that and build up the characters yeah. a little bit. Oh yeah, I yeah, think, I think it would that. it would have it would have made those moments seem more uh in, just enjoyable in general because they were both being a little wise ass to each other, but it mm-hmm. also would have. As you said, I do think they have chemistry, but it would have created more of a bond for the viewer between them. That you, mm-hmm. you know that there's a history now. Uh, I, I would have I would have preferred it that way. I'm curious what you guys think, and this is going to kind of be a multiple part discussion here. But we'll just start off with the idea of what do you think about making Palpatine the big bad? You know, thirty years, thirty some odd years removed from his last appearance, or his last, or his death. Actually, he appeared since then, but. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> so you know, what what do you think about that choice to have him be the big bad in this one? Mm. Do you th- it, well? It, first it, of all, do you think that was the, the plan all along? Was the plan all no, along that Snoke no, was going to be a clone no, and that that no. he was you know created <laughs> by Palpatine? Like, where nope. did this come up, and what do you think of the choice? I it's I, I mean it's yeah it's a hard one to quantify because it was. Again, the, the surprise of it was cool, but when you really think about what happened, it doesn't make any sense. And there is the argument that I'm not at all disagreeing with, and I think there's some vil- vil- validity to it, too. I mean, one of those words, pick one and use it, Paul. <laughs> uh, of it, of it cheapening Darth Vader's redemption, which is, like I said, I'm not going to argue that that's true or not true. In fact, I, I, I would say there's probably some truth to that. I, I, it really comes down to the... This movie is just like again. I, I can't help but say it again. It's the conclusion to a trilogy we didn't see. It's like this. This seems like something that should have happened before. Would have made more sense. It's cool. I'm a little bit nostalgic. It's fun, but it doesn't hold up at minute two twenty one when I walk out of the theater and start thinking about it. Hmm. Uh, I I like the device of bringing the emperor back, though. I you know, I have yet to be able to formulate a healthy argument against it undercutting Vader's redemption. Um, but I still like it. And, and the truth of the matter is, I think one of the things 
they really underestimated with the uh, last Jedi was the, the influence of nostalgia. Uh, and one of the things that really sold force awakens was the nostalgia factor. You know, the, the, the old gang, while not back together again, they were in it. Um, and so many familiar elements were in it and, and including, but not limited to the plot line. And, uh, you know, that was a thing that was kind of cast aside in last Jedi. In fact, it was kind of an anti-nostalgia movie. Uh, and I think they, they said, well, we got to do something nostalgic. How about, well, the emperor's nostalgic. That's, you know, you don't get yeah. much more nostalgic than that. It's about the only thing left at this <laughs> yeah. point. And, uh, so, I mean, I, I can't, I can't say I didn't enjoy the choice and be honest with you. Um, I, I really, there are little things in this movie that I find that I enjoy more and more, uh, as I watch it more. There are some really neat things that are in this movie that are, uh, actually fairly well thought out. Uh, Kylo Ren's helmet is a great example. Um, you know, he gets his helmet put back together by the monkey in the helmet. <laughs> yeah. I think we all, <laughs> And we don't know, by the way, I think that is Tim Kazarinsky and Madge's son from <laughs> I Married a Monkey back in the early 80s, but I'm not sure of that. Not quite as I, deep I, cut I, as Karen Valentine, but it's there. I, I assumed he still had a contractual obligation to use something that Andy Serkis did, and ILM had a ton of uh, Planet of the Apes footage left over. Yeah, I don't even know if it was that. I think that, I think they just literally went... Neil Scanlon, Creature Department, uh, monkey with a hat on, go! <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, you know, the helmet is kind of weird looking. It's got all the cracks and everything. Uh, and we go back to George Lucas and the George Lucas thing. This is a thing that, uh, I gotta give credit to Shaz Bazaar for, for doing a little research on. Um, there's a Japanese concept called Kintsugi. And Kintsugi is like, say you break a piece of pottery or whatever. And you repair it, but you repair it so that you see the cracks still there. And that, it, it, you know, kind of adds to the history of it and adds to the, the, uh, the interest in it because now part of its history is on display in these cracks in the pottery or whatever. So, uh, I thought that was a neat thing because that, that's a very George Lucas thing. When George, George Lucas things happen, I get excited. And to me, that was a very George Lucas thing. I'm sitting here agreeing with you, and I was about to point out, saying, yes, I heard that on another show as well. And then it dawned on me, I believe it was your show I heard that on. (laughs) See, the whole thing about Palpatine, uh, since they were so willing to reveal him before the movie even opened, you know, he he wasn't Mm -hmm. a, uh, a surprise. And... It goes to what I think is the disjointed nature between this movie and the previous movie. But, you know, and you mentioned that the, the last movie did not end on a cliffhanger. And wouldn't it have been much better if part of the journey through The Last, the last Jedi would have been, uh, you know, the First Order seeking to revive him somehow or, or, you know, recreate him? And the movie ended with him being revived and we or, left off with that. Or, rather than have to go to Fortnite, what if, as they're escaping from Scarif, all of their communications are taken over and they hear the message? At the, oh, end, yeah. of, at the end of Last Jedi. Yeah, at the end of Last Jedi, they're, you know, they're escaping from Scarif. They're, they've mm-hmm. lost the Battle of Scarif. There's seven guys left in the Rebellion. And, uh, and 78,000 <laughs> women... And um, 
all of a sudden, you know, everything gets taken over and they hear this message. It's like, holy crap, what? And then you go, then boom, to credits. It's yeah. really perfect. It's actually a really perfect device considering they're monitoring all the channels that they just send a message out on. If the yeah. only response they yeah. got was that would have been, that would have not only been a cliffhanger, but it would have been like just another blow to an already pretty brutal battle for the, yeah. well, what, are, what was it? Resistance now? The, the, the good people. Well, I don't know what they're, they're called. Yeah. Anymore. The resistance now, <laughs> although at the end of last Jedi, it seemed to indicate they were going to call themselves rebellion again, yeah. but then they didn't. <laughs> So I guess that that failed the committee vote somewhere. Right. Well, for what it's worth, they are listed as the resistance on the Wikipedia page. Okay. Oh yeah, no, they're yeah, they didn't change. But for I, at the end of, I swear to you, they said at the end of last year, well, there was a rebellion again now. And oh well, maybe we're not. <laughs> not everybody got the T-shirt made, guys. We got to go back to the old one. <sighs> now, did you do either of you have a headcanon on how Palpatine came back? Because I don't. I, What's amazing is that I don't, and that's always something, for better or worse, of how my stories come out, I've yeah. always been able to come up with something. This yeah, I'm not, Even I'm talking, coming up with saying stuff, saying calling myself stupid for the ideas I have. <laughs> yeah, you're talking to Matt, Matt Hunsworth, who is the, the fan fiction authority. <laughs> right. I mean, yes, you know, he's, he's, he's said it, done it, imagined it, all of that. Um, you know, I, I have a lot of headcanon these days. I have learned that with modern Star Wars, you have to have headcanon or else. This is true, yeah. Just can't stay sane um, and navigate everything. But, but uh, I, you know, I, I'm kind of similarly stumped. And, and that's not a reference to, obviously, an incomplete uh, Palpatine there. But uh, <laughs> he, I did – I mean, one of the things we noticed when we were talking in our commentary is he – I don't think he's got a full body. So I, I, I think I think you're correct sure. on that because he does seem I to be think, somewhat disembodied. I think they found a piece, a very small piece of him, and spirited it away and kind of you know cast their force spells on it or whatever, and it started to grow back little by little, and it needed more, it needed to absorb more energy uh, to grow back because uh, you know he you never see his feet until after he absorbs the dyad's energy. Mm. He never is walking. He is always floating, and he doesn't seem to actually have any legs at that point. His fingers are not, you know, they're all chopped up and mangled and everything, um, and they grow back. Could be because Ian McDermott is like 200 years old. Well, that's the funny thing, too. It's like, I don't think they used as much emperor makeup this time around. (laughs) Talk about someone that was born to play a role. I mean, they just had to use a little bit of makeup. For him in Jedi, <laughs> then it comes, then come the prequels, and he's old enough to do it without makeup. Then we wait another thirty years, and he's he's old enough to play the old emperor. This guy was talk about being born for a role. This is it. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and uh, but yeah, I, I I mean I can't I can't tell you. It would have been nice to know a little more about that, but it would have been nice yeah. to know about a lot of the stuff That's that happened. Yeah, the, true. Yeah, I mean that, to me that was one of the biggest. You know, when the after I leave, when I'm thinking about the movie, it was one of the things that had me scratching my head the most. Is like, how did he get him back in the first place? And this might be a little bit more fodder for some more thoughts from you guys. What exactly was his plan? Because he's telling Ray, you know, you strike down Kylo Ren, and then you're going to be the new Emperor. Then he tells Kylo, you strike mm-hmm. down Ray, and you're going to be the new Emperor. Then he gets the two of them. He says, I'm just going to suck the energy out of both of you, and I'm going to be the old Emperor. Like what? What? You know, what exactly was his plan? 
I would quibble with that other than the fact that it, it doesn't take clarity of the plan to make a great picture. Uh, I have a quorum. A, what is it? What's that website? Quora, where you ask it questions? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a Quora account just because I still can't understand exactly what Michael Corleone was trying to do to Hyman Roth in Godfather Part Two. Oh, I still can't figure out that plot. But and I so I like go there and ask and now like every day in my email I get questions. Uh, was Hyman Roth doing this? Was was Michael Corleone? Was he aware of this? I don't know. I have no idea still. But it doesn't make it any less dramatic or interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'll plead ignorance. Any any other thoughts on his plan though? <laughs> well, his plan. I mean, he somehow. Not somehow, because cloning existed in the Clone Wars, obviously. But he set up a secret cloning facility, created a person to clone and use it as well. What I'm trying to get at, long story short, his plan had as much weird things that needed to go right as Luke's plan to save Han and Return of the Jedi. Yes, but Luke saw that plan in the Force. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> but so, I, so the Emperor saw it in the dark side of the Force. Well, the only thing I can say about the Emperor is this. He is, he is you know, you mentioned he he's kind of pitting both sides against each other but really is that not his thing i mean if you watch episode so one yeah but what's I mean, his ultimate goal what, what is his end game because i don't really get it was his end game to get the two of them there and just drain the energy and revive himself i don't know or or was he just being an opportunist <laughs> at that point no i think i think he wanted to i think he wanted to be killed in anger which would allow him to flow into a younger body and then would he body? have total control over that body? Would he basically take over that body? Or would he just be one of the many voices that that person is influenced you know, by? I would have to think that he would be pretty a pretty strong voice in that head. I don't know, but, you know, we could get a remake of all of me if they did that. That's, yes. That would have been was, a good cliffhanger. I was, I was thinking of Vigo from Ghostbusters too. <laughs> put, put the Emperor back in the bowl. Back in the bowl. Back in the bowl. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, it, it is one of the things again that I walked away scratching my head. Though it's like, what exactly was his goal here? I'm not really sure. His goal was power and domination. Don't you know that? That's, that's all I got. Yes, I, I. You know what? I okay. So, so I have to. I have to rephrase my confusion. I understand his goal. My question was, what did he view as his means to reach that goal? Because oh, I don't see it. Oh, jeez, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's I'm not even touching one. it. I'm not going there. All right, let me let me ask you guys. What do you think about what they did uh, with Princess Leia? Not only story wise but also from a perspective of how they worked with whatever footage they had. How much of that was planned out beforehand? How no. much of it was impromptu because we only have this and you have to somehow work it into the story? And how much different was, would it have been if she had lived? As much as oh, you can was. answer that. Yeah. The movie would have been vastly different had she yeah, lived. Absolutely, yeah. That one, that, vastly. No question there. Any, any been, clue as to where it would have gone? Uh, I think she would have featured very prominently in it, and I think she that's would what have they said they planned. Been very Jedi in it, but um, you know, I, in all honesty, if you're going to repurpose old footage, they did it better in Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a little. It, uh, well, it's also it's like I know I've talked to some people that aren't near as big as Star Wars fans as we are, and they they were they thought it was kind of Im- impressive and did the best of what they could have done with it. But 
people that are fans to our degree, we've probably seen all the every single minute of um, what uh, unused footage up to this point. So there was something very familiar about every scene she was in because we'd seen at least half of it in outtakes or whatever we call it, uh, B-roll footage on the Blu-rays and the downloads. My so favorite I'm not sure if that's answering the question. My favorite scene is still where she's, I mean, she literally is like, Ray, talk, 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 and then Leia. Oh, oh. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then Ray, talk, 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 Leia. Yes. yes. <laughs> I actually, you know, it's I, I have almost exactly what you said, but probably with a little more profanity to Dave Fox before he went to see the movie. So because that was my that was my opinion as well. Because yeah, because that was the most distracting one. It's yeah. <laughs> oh, it's just so out of place sometimes. But that, just, yeah. Then the one where it was actually it wasn't a canned response when she said it was the uh, don't underestimate a. The, the stubbornness of a droid or something. And I was Never like, oh, I re- a droid. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I remember that from the force awakens outtakes. Uh-huh. But, uh, then they of course tried to pay that off later, but it didn't, it no, right. didn't really have anything to do with what she was talking about, but okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, it was, uh, I don't know. I don't know what this, I, I don't want to sound disrespectful because I mean, Carrie Fisher, rest in peace, but it was... Sure. I, I had wished they had... I'm glad they tried. I just wish they would have done her uh, uh, her exit, or, or the death scene. Right? I, I, that sounded too harsh. I wish they'd done it earlier so there wasn't so many of those kind of clunky... Yes. I, was calling them a, I was calling them a clunky moments in honor of <laughs> Disney Plus that week. Now, we've already talked about how at the end, you know, they kind of like jammed everything in that they could. Uh, would it have hurt it if you had like Luke and Leia standing in the background as Force ghosts? Well, they they kind of did at, in the final scene of the film, which again, there's so much that I like about this movie, but that came off as a as one of those cheap lock-in movies. You ever you ever you ever get to a lock-in when you were younger? Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure what I, that is. I know what a lock-in is, but I'm not sure what the. I don't well, see what your your analogy you, is going. You go to a church, and they you know with the youth group, and they'd lock you in overnight, and you'd play games, and then they show these movies where it was you know the the join our church or die tonight movies. <laughs> no, no, just, no, I I I I went to like a, a regular school. Oh, yeah, you were a Catholic guy. <laughs> oh, now this is this is a very Baptist thing the lock-ins. Um, and, uh, you know, so they'd show you these cheesy, cheesy, cheesy movies about how you just, if you aren't right with the Lord now in the way we tell you to be, then that's, and they'll have these, you know, apparitions and, you know, ghostly figures and uh, just, uh, it just looked like a lock in to me. It was was such a departure from other force ghost appearances that it reminded me of the end of, 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 uh, hot shots where they showed everyone that died during the movie in the sky. (laughs) See, but I wouldn't have minded if, even just for a moment, we got a glance of a Force Ghost Leia. Because well, we we've, we've, all, we've already... Did I miss She's that? In scene. She's in the scene. She floats up, and they look kind of disco-y. Somehow, I must have blinked. They're on yeah, Tatooine. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, I take it all back. It's the best like, movie ever. They're kind of <laughs> silently giving her permission to call herself a Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> so, what do you think of that? 
I think I told you already. <laughs> that she just takes the name Skywalker, though. Like, Oh, that. Uh, that's fine. Yeah, I, that was the least surprise of the movie because... No. Oh, because of the title they, of the movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I, I was like, I knew that was going to happen somewhere along the line. Either it was going to be her last name or a title. So since mm-hmm. we hadn't had it yet, I, I knew exactly what she was going to say. So it was the least surprising thing, I think. Yeah, and they and they set it up on the in the that festival, the balloon festival, whatever that was. Oh right, yeah, yeah. Because uh, who are you people? Oh, I'm just right. Like, like a you color know, run meets Burning Man. Yeah, I think we've seen like enough <laughs> cliches over time that every once in a while it's nice to see a cliche turned around. And I thought Hux becoming the traitor and doing the shoot me in the leg thing. Are you sure he's a traitor? Oh wait, yes, because he screamed. I'm not. I'm, I'm yeah. Oh yeah. Really. But, That's what it was. Yeah. But the fact that he didn't get away with it by shooting himself in the, getting himself shot in the leg. Yeah. Well, that that because, I, I thought that turned the cliche around a little bit because because yeah. they do that okay. all the time. Shoot me, and I'll, yeah. I'll pretend like I was fighting you. Yeah. The only problem is like it. If if General Pride hadn't shot him, somebody in the audience would have because it was fairly <laughs> obvious to all of us who the spy was anyway. Well, it was pretty obvious to us before he even revealed himself. Yeah. Oh yeah. Way before. It, it was it was obvious to me about somewhere around ten minutes into the Last Jedi that he was going to be the traitor. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you, Kylo Ren's usually like a rag doll every five seconds. It's like I, I wouldn't really be terribly loyal either. Yeah. <laughs> So when they said, "Oh, there's a there's a spy," immediately they said, "There's a spy." I was like, "Oh, okay, must be Hux." And that was yeah. another frustrating late character development that I wish we had throughout the entire <laughs> trilogy was uh, General Pride when he just turned and shot him, and then the whole yeah. been loyal to the Emperor from the beginning. I'm like, "Well, there's a character I would have liked to know years <laughs> ago." Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, it would have been nice. Just, just, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think I think your point is well taken that you could have easily taken this movie, fleshed it out more, and made two movies out of it because there's a lot going on, and some periodically it felt very rushed. Periodically, as in for two hours and twenty one minutes. <laughs> well, there were, I mean, there were moments where it didn't. You know, there, there were some things where it slowed down a little bit. Honestly, the the scene when they wipe uh, C three PO's memory. Felt to me like a little overly, unnecessarily schmaltzy. And you know what's funny about that is that's the one scene I keep going back and watching over and over again. Dude, I just want to take one last look at my friends. You know, but I just got to tell you something. I am so in love with Babu Frick, I don't even care. <laughs> okay, well, let's. I, 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 I so love <laughs> yeah. Babu Frick. I was, I was going to ask you, you know, was. Oh, my phone is thinking. I'm Siri thinks I'm asking her for something. <laughs> yes. This is you why. This is why Bill Bill Robinson thinks that the uh, the machines are coming to take us over. Yeah. Well, that actually my, happens during my show. What, what's that, Matt? That, I was gonna say that happens to me all the time. It never happens when I actually say, "Hey Siri." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll happen during my show. I, say, I mean, seriously. Yes. What do you want? No. No. Well, we kind we kind of talked about it with the monkey with the helmet, but. How much do you think characters like Babu Frick are created because, oh, we're going to try and sell these? Um, again, to frame it up next to The Last Jedi, and I hate to keep doing this, uh, when Mandalorian first came on and Baby Yoda showed up, and I have people who get mad at me now, by the way, for using the phrase Baby Yoda. That's not who he is! 
Yes, it is. That's because that. the only name we have for him. But it's yeah. I mean, it's the first thing that popped in my head when I saw him, and it stuck. If yeah, we even knew what, Once, if, if we even knew what what breed of being Yoda is, we could call it Baby That. But we don't even have yeah. that. All we have, the only name we have is Yoda. I got news for every one of those people. When they do name him, I'll still be calling him Baby Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> but when he when he first he first showed up, and then a couple episodes in. And I and I remember sending a note to to I think Glosson and I just said you know here's the thing about Baby Yoda versus the Porgs, Baby yeah. Yoda serves a story function. Yep, bingo. Baby Yoda is yes he's merchandise. I said Baby I told him I said Baby Yoda is the Ewoks. You know they're merchandise but they serve a function in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, Babu Frick serves a function in the story. Now now let's let's go back to the end of the movie. Where they're, where they're throwing everything they yeah. can at you, and they, you know, they blew up the planet that they were on, uh, which is named after the woman on uh, in uh, Sister Act. What's her name? Uh, Kate, uh, Kathy to <laughs> Jimmy. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I know the so, next episode so, of Stars and Characters is going to be now. <laughs> <laughs> So they blow up that planet, and you're like, oh, boy, Zori Bliss, uh, yeah, they bit it. They all bit it. If, if people even realized that was that planet, because they didn't really make that very clear either. No, they did. No. Um, <laughs> they just kind of said it, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, but uh, and so at the end, Zori's okay. And you're like, great, Zori's okay. And then all of a sudden, hey! <laughs> <laughs> Babu Frick shows up. It's like, oh, we can't have killed Babu Frick. No, here he is! And you get a car! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will say I think it I think it gave me the the, the existence of Babu Freak set up probably the best laugh I've had in the this new set of trilogies and that was when C three PO sees him a second time and goes, Oh, Babu Frick, my oldest friend. Yeah, I'd oh, like no, that. no, no, no. Oh, did no, I mess it no, up? No, no. Yeah. The oh, the seventy okay. seven the, the, uh, the, the, the stormtrooper re- rebels. They come up and they say we received a transmission from someone called Babu Frick. Oh, because, oh, Babu Frick, he's one of my oh, oldest friends. Oh, that's yeah. oh, the setup. I got you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was oh, obviously it was the punchline that I was going for, but yes, yes, that's it. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a great line. Yeah. That was that was that was taking advantage of the the mind wipe very well. Oh, three yep. well, PO's great in that. I'm sorry, you know, the things you can say great about that movie. I love three PO in this movie. I thought I just thought he was a lot of fun. I, like I said, I, I kind of felt it was overly schmaltzy a little bit, and it oh, really? just kind of yeah. lost me a little. The whole, you know, you know, he was getting his memory back. Please, right? Yeah, this is true. The yeah. scene when he gets his memory back is funny. Uh, you know, uh, when he doesn't have his memory, you know, the three PO move your ass. How dare you speak to me like that? We've only just, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, I just, I love that stuff. I love three PO in this movie. Uh, so yeah, I, and I love the Babu Frick scene. I just I can't, like I said, I keep going back and watching. Much to my wife's chagrin, I'll pull it up. <laughs> and after, Look there, Babu Frick's so great. Listen to him. <laughs> and it if is, any, I, like if if we're making dinner or anything, so dinner dinner is it is it right? Yeah, uh, the pasta is ready. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I do always like the joke of if you want to call it a joke, but the uh, the the tension. The lighthearted tension things create when you have the seemingly most incapable person doing the most dangerous job possible, and and they they it was written and I guess JJ performed a voice. The voice was really good for that scene. I, I actually really liked it a lot too. JJ's uh, Dio. 
The, oh, okay, right, right. The Baba Frick, because I had to look this up because I wanted to know. Uh, someone, I think your name's Sue Henderson. Oh, okay. Somebody told me she is a ghost in the Harry Potter movies. What ghost are they? I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Neither do I, so. Well, I've seen the Harry Potter movies, the ghosts. She's some girl ghost oh, in Harry Potter. Yes, she's probably, uh, I can't think of what her name is. In the, in the second, in, is this in the second movie? She's the, she's, was killed Moaning in the bathroom. Moaning, Moaning Myrtle, Myrtle or something like that. Yes, 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 yes. That's who it is. Okay. Yeah, she, she's she's got a fairly prominent role in that, and she appears again later in the, the fourth movie, I think. But mm. uh, I spend less time in Harry Potter movies than I have Star Wars Celebration conventions. <laughs> <laughs> that was just for Scott. <laughs> so now, what did you think of the character of Zori? I mean, what what was there? I enjoyed. Yeah, spunk. Uh, I, I like the performance. Didn't bother me either. Bother me is a weird word. I, yeah, no. I, I, this is fine. She was expensive. Great. Yeah. I, I thought. I thought she. Yet another one. That, I think maybe this keeps coming back to this. Okay, if you had fleshed it out and made it into two movies, because I thought her character kind of got the short shrift a little bit. Uh, you didn't really get to know her at all. Uh, it's surprising you'd bring in an actress like Carrie Russell and just have never see her face. That was bizarre because I did not realize until well after the movie that was Carrie Russell. And that's mm. not like having Daniel Craig play a stormtrooper because he just right. wants to get a part yes. in the movie. That's yeah. this. This is a part where they negotiated with her to have her come in and play a part. <laughs> uh, so mean, meanwhile, then you you have her covered up so much that you could have just had, you know, you could have walked out onto the street. Hey, you, come here, put on this Power Ranger costume and be Zori. <laughs> Could have got the actress that played Zam Whistle. It's just basically the same thing. <laughs> just, just, metal, yeah. kind of cloth. Purple suit. Yeah, that's yep. it. Pretty much it. <laughs> Call it a day. Sign her up. Let's go. Just reuse footage. Yeah. Footage. Well, why not? We're already started. <laughs> uh, you know yeah, what? Go ahead. Huh? No, I, I, I like Zori. I like Zori as a character, but I agree with you. She's given short shrift by a movie that just. As, I mean, here's the thing, JJ, and, and let me also tell you this. I've got a buddy who is a screenwriter out in L.A. He's a working screenwriter, uh, and he and I talk frequently. He's also a huge Star Wars fan, so some of this stuff drives him nuts. But uh, he his understanding from the scuttlebutt around town was that that JJ was pushing for a second movie. Oh wow! And that yeah, and that they just were like, no, we're doing one, and that's it. That's it. We got a trilogy of trilogies, and that's it. We're not doing a tenth one. Uh, but what would, what would have been great had they given us a well-paced, thoroughly explained movie that brings the Emperor back and then give us a cliffhanger go, oh, by the way, we didn't tell you, but there's a tenth movie in this trilogy. Oh, yeah. No, I see. I don't think you could get away with that from a public relations point. I think if you oh, if you oh, if you yeah, marketed it enough, as it's going to be nine saying, movies and, and then the ninth movie ends on a cliffhanger, I think people would just freak. I think I think if that movie is good enough and the cliffhanger is right. compelling enough, they're on board. That's a real gamble. And they're that they're is a serious to, gamble. They're willing to hold back. Now this isn't this is a definite apples to orange comparisons, but they're willing to hold back big things like that for the sake of the overall product. That Baby Yoda is the proof of that. We had no oh, idea yeah. it even existed until the first episode of Mandalorian. And, and total shock at the end of that episode. Total yep. shock to see yep. that. And they knew they were sitting on those goods. Oh, they, they did. Yeah. They knew what they had. And yet they, they didn't. And yet they didn't have the marketing planned out because the the, well, the, sto- the stores were woefully lacking in in Baby but, Yoda but, products. 
Yes, but see that involves partners, and partners yes. involve leaks. Yeah, I, I I think they consciously did not. I think they do. They did have a plan on paper; they were ready to go. But I think they were they wanted to keep that so close to the vest that they didn't, like Scott said, they didn't even start mass production on things because somewhere, somewhere, someone somewhere is going to snap a picture before yep. the Mandalorian's out, and that would have been out. Yep. Yeah, I, think true, took, I think that they took the hit this Christmas for the overall. Well, the overall I did. I did manage to have my. Uh, yeah. I did yeah. manage to have my simulated ugly sweatsh- sweater T-shirt of Baby Yoda for Christmas. There you go. Was that licensed? <laughs> I have no idea. Bought it on. I don't think it was. But that, I, I, mean, got, I got that baby. It looks like a monkey off Etsy, and now I'm gonna paint it brown and pretend <laughs> it's the one that welds Kylo Ren coming together. <laughs> it's, did, it's a repurposed Planet of the Apes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they did manage to get a little bit of Baby Yoda out of the store. I mean, into the stores. I'll just say this: uh, December what 13th, 14th, 15th. I was at Disney World, and I did get a car magnet, and my wife got a Magic Band. No, oh, there. Right. So, yep. Yeah. The second they put those for sale on Disney's website, I ordered one, and I it didn't show up until I ordered it. it was around Thanksgiving week that I ordered it. It was well after. Wow. It was after. I thought December thirteenth through fifteenth, I'd get you know I'd have it for my trip down to Disney. And be like, look at me, I've got my baby Yoda shirt on, and it came well after that trip. A couple of days after wow. we got back. Yeah. Ruined so, the entire trip. trip. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. I didn't have the cool T-shirt. So two two lines in the movie, one of which I thought worked well, and one of which I thought fell on its face. Uh, the one I thought worked well because afterwards I started thinking about it was uh, when Ray uses her mind powers, and and uh, Poe po and and Finn say, "Do you think she does that to us?" I just thought that was a great line because I started thinking about well maybe she does <laughs> you know when they have a little discussion and she wants to get her way yeah and they so never I, know I thought that was kind of cool because I really didn't you know like it's not the kind of thing you think friends would do to each other and yet if you had the power wouldn't you oh god yeah <laughs> so I thought that was kind of a good line it was you know it made me think about the Jedi powers a little bit the line I thought did not work and maybe it was kind of trying to force things in a little bit with the uh you know the the footage the existing footage thing but when uh leia says you know try to be a little optimistic no terrible yeah i, I terrible. just you know the, the turnaround on that was just like it and, fell flat and you know what happened as a result of that snap waxley had to die because he was no. involved in that whole exchange <laughs> yeah i don't even remember it that's how much i guess oh, it did work for me oh Not, yeah they, they were giving her some 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 bad thing was happening in the battle, and she said, "Don't give me bad news. Be optimistic." And Snap's like, "Oh, oh yeah. it should be the best thing ever. It's it's best." And then he walks off, and he's got a dead mark but, on yeah. the back. <laughs> you can see it there because he's now participated in a horrible gluing together of footage. Uh, uh, yeah, I totally agree. That was one of the things where like, well, we could probably turn this into something, and we'll get her into the movie a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, this will be funny. The audience is all going to crack yeah. up. No, I, I mean I know when you you know when you. Sometimes jokes in theory work much better than jokes in execution. Are you uh, telling me? Have you heard my show? <laughs> I was, I was going to say, anybody, anybody who's done their own show knows that. <laughs> so, you know, I, I can understand where, like, in the writer's room, they might have thought that was gold. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no. No. No, didn't work. I agree, totally. What do you think um, of the plot point of 
every ship is now a uh, killing planet killing weapon. <laughs> it was kind of actually... <laughs> what do you say? Was that Scott? I said it was kind of easy. It's like, oh, here we go. Do we could we built this giant thing to destroy planets, and now we can just. It, but it's like technology, right? I mean, now we have know, it. You, it's the size of an iPod now, and it can well, yeah, destroy you a planet. The, first, yeah. the weapon. You ever see the first lethal weapon? And <laughs> yeah. Toss sitting on the back trunk of the. Yeah, I don't know. He just got some problems. He's got this giant Sylvania. Uh, you know, it's got like a TV set and a record player in it, telephone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, now that we put them in our pockets. My my frustration with that was each each one of those ships can fly and go destroy endless amounts of planets. Yet they can't seem to get out of a cloud without the assistance of one. Single vessel. <laughs> stop! Stop thinking. <laughs> it's like, just stop it. Think thinking uh, may be the enemy of this movie. I mean, I I I I constantly go around Disney to avoid traffic. It's the same thing. Go around the cloud. You'll find your way to where you're going. <laughs> or the cloud. <laughs> What'd you think of how they used Lando in the movie? I liked Lando a lot in the movie. Uh, I liked the fact that when he had to do action sequences, they put a <laughs> mask on him and let somebody else do it. Uh, I mean, because I saw him on Dancing with the Stars. I mean, <laughs> there ain't much happening there. Well, he's um, got to be. He's, he's got to be coming 80. up on eighty, right? Yeah, he's is he? That, yeah, I guess he is. In the neighborhood, yeah. If not eighty-two or so, yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can only expect so much as far as action hero stuff. Most. Actors at his age are saying, you know, I'm, I'm retired. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. But again, there was, there was, he had a few lines, told some backstory we hadn't heard before that would have been great to, maybe we didn't need to see him and Luke do all that because it could have happened before the sequel trilogy started. Sure. But that would have been something that could have been woven in yes. earlier into the movies. Yes. yes. But he's uh, he's got. Thing, I mean, Billy uh, Billy D. Williams has got a natural charisma about him that he does. You can you can give. He's a guy you can give right. almost any line and it'll work, including the yeah. be optimistic. If he had answered yeah. that one, I think it would have worked. But they, but here's the other thing about Billy D. Williams in that movie, and I'll be honest, I was I guess part of the reason I'm so happy with his performance is I was really scared after seeing all these interviews with him where he sounds like a babbling idiot. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I, well, I yeah. just, you know, I kind of vomit up my parts, and uh, you can say I've been vomiting for years, and it's just weird, you know, you know, the, the, the guy was doing the interview with him at celebration with his son, say, yeah, we got the same name, we're not gay though. It's like, what are oh, you talking God. about? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are you, and I was afraid that Billy D was going to come doddering onto the screen. Just stick to the script, Billy D. Skip, yeah. Stick to the script. But the second he turned around and and. Uh, let his his co-pilot, who I can only classify as evil Beaker, uh, <laughs> let him have a few lines. Uh, then oh I was God. good. Uh. <laughs> yeah, I, I was happy to see him back. Honestly, I, I'm not sure how much of that was. Well, some of it is again the natural charisma that he has, and some of it was nostalgia. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It was. It was both. His yeah. his reveal was was fun. It's like I kind of had a feeling that it had to be him because we hadn't seen him yet. But that was that was a genuine. I'm really enjoying this. I'm yep. I'm a kid at heart again at this moment. I really like that. Yep. Ten year old like that. There and, you go. Yep. Uh, and and I liked this pep talk to Poe. I thought it was appropriate. Yes. Um, yeah. I thought, I thought I it was thought, a good a good key moment there. 
Spe- speaking of uh, statements that is obvious we are trying to get back on the nostalgia train, let's quietly slip the other radar dish back onto the Millennium Falcon yeah. and <laughs> really say anything about Don't that. Say anything. Yeah, Don't tell give them their old Falcon back so they. Uh, that's right. It's going to show up in a book or a comic. Oh, yeah. We have 700 page yeah. book about how the thing got changed. No, what is that that big announcement they're supposed to make in a couple of like in a week? Maybe that's it. Oh God! Right. Oh. <laughs> I can only hope. Now, uh, when Force Ghost Luke tells Ray, "I was wrong," is that a direct mm-hmm. answer to the Last Jedi? Yep. Is that is that a J.J. Abrams dig at the last movie? The the great thing about it, and I remember walking out of the theater the first night going, boy, they kept sticking their finger at <laughs> the last Jedi's eyes. Um, but really, the more I thought about it, those lines can work to back it up or smash it into pieces either way, depending on how you want to interpret it. Uh, including, that's no way to treat a Jedi's weapon. Mm-hmm. And I was wrong. But, but I was wrong is also something that flat out Obi-Wan said. Oh, true. Yeah. Yes. I thought I could train him just as well as Yoda. I was wrong. Uh, And so maybe that's part of his journey is to say, I was wrong. Admit that. Learn that. The humility. I agree with you that that can be interpreted that way, but I don't think that's how it was intended. I think think it was a direct shot at The Last Jedi. Uh, I mean, I took it as a last shot, but I I can't argue Scott's logic. That's that's very that's a possibility as well. Yeah, well, it but could be interpreted I, that way. I don't question that. True. I just don't no, think that I, was the I, intent. I, I had, yeah, it happened <laughs> before, and it's yeah. I, I yeah. I mean, I guess it certainly could be. And I I mean, I would as whatever problems I might have with J.J. Abrams' other movies, I really think he wants to. And always had wanted to do the best Star Wars he could, and and yes. try to follow George's uh, pattern that he laid out. So it, I, I could see him trying to mimic some things from because he is oh. in the Obi Wan role now. So I could I could see yeah. that. Oh, you want to talk about circular? Okay, let me blow your mind oh, for boy. Half a second. <laughs> okay. Three okay? PO's last line in that film is what? I don't know. Is it? Did you hear that? Yes. That's I figured you were going to say, even yeah. though I didn't remember. <laughs> yes, we book in the entire saga that in, in release order. Anyway, we book in the entire saga with three PO saying, "Did you hear that?" Wow. Okay, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is. It's one one that I would not have noticed if you didn't point it out to me, but it it is very cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you think I, about I, the? Appreciate. Uh, huh? What do you think about the reversal of Ray's parents? Necessary. They're, they're they're nobody's. Oh, but it's Palpatine's son. That is that's the perfect description. That is what I'm, I'm stealing that from you, Scott. The next time an old friend sees me and wants and asks me that question, I'm using that because that sums it up much quicker than I've been trying to explain it. I mean, just you know, that was okay. Let me let me go dump on Last Jedi again. Um, one of their big themes is that you don't have to be. Uh, of any particular lineage to be a Jedi. That's one of the huge themes of The Last Jedi. Problem is, we know that throughout all of Star Wars history, that's always been the case. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Why suddenly this is a thing, and that was supposed to be part of the reason for that reveal, was that geez, they were just nothing. And of course, there's the, you know, let's change, let's, let's not, you know, let's subvert expectations as well. But, 
you know, part of it is that see, anybody can be a powerful Jedi. We we already knew that. I mean, Jedi I, they by definition really can't have kids, so we know there aren't any big bloodlines in the Jedi clan. I I had have had an odd, and still probably if we started talking about it right now, we'd still have this heated discussion. We don't really argue about it, but we do get in a heated discussion. Regardless, and that's the argument he always makes, is that the idea of anyone could be a Jedi is ruined. And I always point out, I'm like, why would we have another trilogy about a character that has nothing to do with the family we've seen for six movies? Yes. Just that point just that point alone, I cannot seem to get through to him. And even just that argument is like, that's, that's the only argument I even make. Forget about who has powers and doesn't have powers. The fact that we have seen... These characters and this family, this this actually this now two families. It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys. You got the Palpatines <laughs> and the Skywalkers. Why are we? Th- why would there be another trilogy that has nothing to do with what we set up for six movies now over decades of of release? Yes, no reason. None. Right. I tend to agree, and I I, I thought the appearance of nobody's kind of felt empty when they did that reveal at the time and. I didn't mind them reversing it, like you say, felt well, necessary. And the stupid thing is, like, everybody who was critical of it was immediately castigated for, well, that's because they didn't meet your expectations. They yeah, didn't exactly. what you had. But but here's the thing. I, mean, I remember uh, October of 2017. You know what my wife gave me for my birthday, September 2017? Which no. was pretty awesome. <laughs> no, I don't. A trip to New York to go see the New York Philharmonic perform the score for Force Awakens live as they showed it on the film. Now, that Actually, I should know that because you've then. told me that in the past. Yeah. That was my, that was my second guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other... Well, that's that's not even a birthday thing. But, uh, <laughs> oh, you turned 100 finally. Congratulations. Um, but uh, when we were there, I remember going into the Disney store in uh, Times Square. It was right, you know, a couple months before Last Jedi came out, and I had one of my Last Jedi shirts on. And uh, the cast member just, like, assails me with, oh, and, and what do you think about Ray? She's got to be a Skywalker, right? She's got to be a Skywalker. And I just kept saying, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and I I don't really want to talk to you. And, uh, you know, I, I like these things to just kind of happen. I don't I don't want to speculate and set my heart on something. I wanted them to tell me something interesting. And I think that's the problem with the, the Ray's parents are nobodies is it's it's not interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, if they if they did something that subverted our expectations, that's great, but it needs to be interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know. And then we go to Steve Martin. When you have a, tell a story, here's, yeah, a, here's an a idea. Point. Have a point. <laughs> yeah. Look, you know, if I go to your house and I take a dump in your living room and leave, you certainly didn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I did subvert your expectations. I would turn to my wife and say, well, that certainly subverted my expectations. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm saying a few other things before I get to that yeah, comment. Exactly. But, I mean, but really, what did it, it did it did it make anybody interested or excited or happy? No. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I'm not sure that the metaphor kind of works, but okay. It worked for me. Of course, it was my dump. So. <laughs> I'll tell you what, that conversation completely subverted my expectations. <laughs> See, it can be done. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> well, and, and that's 
I guess that, you know, to some extent, that's what Johnson was doing. He's like, oh, everybody thinks Snoke is the big bad. We're going to kill him off right away. Uh, you know, we, and we're just going to subvert everybody's expectations, and that will be successful. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy The Last Jedi. I did, but it brought us places where I don't know that we needed to be. Everybody yeah. thinks we're going to end on a cliffhanger? Ha! Watch this! <laughs> what bothers me most about that argument is that people will will label that as the excuse for whatever opinion I'd make about that movie. I'm like, no, you, that's not the reason I'm saying this. No. It's for whatever other reason. No, it's because I, that character was dumb or that line was stupid. It's not, not yeah. that it didn't subvert my expectations. It was no. Whatever my problem was, was my problem. No, I had no expectations. That's yeah, that. right. Yeah. I don't, I don't like to, do, to tell their story for them. I like for them to tell me their story. <laughs> yeah. And then I'll well, judge it from that. But anyway. and, and one of the ways that that movie did not subvert my expectations is The Force Awakens was very derivative in its telling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I expected, okay, now they've gotten out the derivative telling, and now the audience is, you know, geared up, and now they're going to do something different to entertain us. And they did mm-hmm. do something different. It just mm-hmm. wasn't the different thing that people wanted. Could, could you imagine? Or, or like. That's another. Or like. Some, some people just don't like it, but, but, but yet defenders of it seem to want. Not everybody. I'm generalizing no, as much as I'm generalizing no. the other side. But some people no. will just flat out attack you for not liking it, and that's yes. no other reason. Yes. And, and, and yet, you know, if it's on TV, no. I'll stop and I'll watch it. I'm not, I'm not a hater. Mm. On any, on You're any a Star big, Wars movie. Dumb idiot, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not news. That's, that's what it's like. I'm you blocking know? Oh, you okay. on Twitter, Paul. <laughs> yeah, my 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 large idiocy is not news. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, I, I openly admit when I enjoy a franchise, mm-hmm. Star Wars, Star Trek, Planet of the Apes. Uh, and I can name others, but you get the point. High school musical. <laughs> there was a time when I had to watch those. But I can't say I was a fan of them. But when I'm a fan of a franchise, I start to become more of an easy mark for that franchise. Uh, sure. That doesn't mean I'm going to enjoy everything. Uh, you know, there was a 2000, uh, was it 2000 or 2001 uh, version of Planet of the Apes that let me down dramatically. Mm-hmm. I think it was a uh, one, yeah. yeah, yeah. So you know, Tim Burton proved that even you know they could even make a Planet of the Apes movie that I won't like, but just the same, I'm usually an easy mark. And it was it kind of goes to what I was saying before that you know if you get somebody who's a big enough fan of something, they're probably not the person to ask their opinion because yeah. odds are they're going to just like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Star Wars no, does. I, I get it. Yeah. Star Wars does fall into that category for me, and I can look at them critically and I can point out the weaknesses that I think exist or the things about it that bother me, but that doesn't eliminate my ability to enjoy them just the same. And I would say Last Jedi falls into that category just the same as any other. There's things about it that I don't like the choices they made, uh, but I can enjoy the movie. Probably, if you just eliminate him milking that blue milk out of that thing, (laughs) I'm, I'm probably on board with the movie. Even Candle I don't know Bites. why they fine. don't have that at Galaxy's Edge. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> in fact, in fact drink. what they should have is one teat be the the green milk and one teat be rum to add to the milk. So that you can do it all at once. 
I got a. It's actually, it's not a million dollar idea because it'd be a free service, but it should be. It should be. A, it should be a Mister in the uh, queue line for Rise of the Rebellion. Just What's to that? turn it random. It's just, just it's there. It's over your head, and it randomly just sprays cold water on you like those Misters do on the fans in some lines. Yes, theme park rides. I'm okay with that. Of course, yeah. you know, it, once your group is called, that's a whole different <laughs> okay, thing. That's true. Yeah. That's, yeah, we got we did that. Let's go off track here. Let's go to Orlando for a second. Uh, the day we did that was the week after they opened. Like I said, we went December 13th. Mm-hmm. We got to the parking lot of the studios at 4:43 a.m. and we were behind a ton of people. Uh, oh, yeah. We got in line. There were eight gates open, or not open, but eight gates set up with lines, single file lines, uh, and. They were about 20 deep each at 4.53. Um, they finally opened the park about 6.20 that morning. We immediately signed up for group, and we're already in group 11. Yeah, buddy of mine shows up at 7 when the gates were supposed to open, and he's in group 108. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we went, yeah, we went through. It was Riley, actually. You know Riley, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Riley uh, Riley showed up. He was a group 108. We actually went through the entire day. My wife and I had dinner, went back to our hotel room, and then I get a note from Riley. Hey, we're about to get on. Oh, <laughs> and we've been there since way before the sun was up. And it's like, oh, God. Great experience. Don't get me wrong. Love oh, yeah. it. Love it. But, uh, they, yeah, they got to do something about that. I know. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I don't know. It's like I don't I, – I, I went on it about – Probably about two weeks after you did. I think it was like the third week it opened. Went through pretty much what you described. But there are still people in this the theme park community I know through my the universal stuff I do that are like they're still doing it. Like and they're getting there. They're in single digit wait lines. I don't know what time they're getting there or if they're even leaving from the day before they were there. I just I just don't wow. get it. It's crazy. Wow. And, and but although the cool thing was we go on the ride and then we get off the ride and we come walking and there's Lou Mangello just hanging out right there where we're getting out. Oh really? <laughs> hey Lou. So that was that was kind of a neat thing. Like nice yeah, little animal. It was an animatronic Lou Mangello, but still oh. <laughs> I mean it was pretty cool though. <laughs> well, Paul, what you got for us? Well just I'm I'm almost ready to uh, rate the movie, but I wanted to okay. see if you guys had any more points you wanted to make before we got there. I'm I'm sitting back and seeing if Matt wants to go. Oh no, no! I, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Scott. I, I, um, I, I'm good. I'll tell you this: I look forward to reading the novelization of this movie because I feel like it's going to close in some gaps. I need to check and make sure that the uh, lady who's writing it has not blocked me on Twitter. Um, <laughs> But because uh, I, I, I feel like it would probably put some things. I also feel like much like this movie could have been two movies. The book could probably, if it were done well and right and with the involvement of all the right people, could be two books. Uh, so I look forward to that. But I also, in all honesty, I, I had a lot of fun at this movie for all the, the, the you know, nitpicks that I have and the little holes I like to poke at things in it. And uh, I really did have a lot of fun with this movie and I did go see it several times. Uh, and and while I'm sitting there enjoying the movie, it plays out great. Uh, you know, it is once you leave that you start going, ah, making sense. but when you're back in front of it again, you're like, okay, whatever. Uh, it's kind of like being on a date with Bill Cosby. You know, you're agreeable. <laughs> <laughs> once again, a metaphor oh. I'm not sure I'm signing on for. 
you're really, really, really agreeable while you're there and in the moment. And then afterwards, you're like, what the hell was that? So, and there's you know, but, gaps in your memory of the experience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awful. It's awful. Is this Swick? <laughs> I wouldn't even say that on my show. <laughs> yeah, you would. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you. To well, I, I, Bill Cosby analogy aside, I don't necessarily disagree with you that there is, while watching, an ability to turn off those questions and just kind of go along for the ride. Yeah, and that's and that's something you know that's a positive for this movie as far as I'm concerned. That's you know, be, being able to present things in a way where the audience either doesn't have time to think about what you know whether or not it's makes sense or just presenting it in a way where you know you've double talked your way through it so that people don't think about it till later there, uh, you know there's something to be said for that ability there is no physical way that indiana jones's shoulder strap could get around that cannon on the side of the tank in last crusade it can't happen Right. It can't physically. But yet, when you're watching, you're like, oh, man, he's hung yep. by the, man, he can't get off the tank because he's <laughs> hung by the strap of his shoulder. But it can't physically happen. But you don't care while you're watching it. Yes, this is true. Yes. Yes. So the suspension of disbelief is not a far stretch in this one as opposed to some other films. <laughs> Notice I just won't say it because someone already <laughs> told me what my opinion of the movie was three minutes of coming out of it. And I won't say what it is to this day. <laughs> You, you 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 have the forum to say anything you want right now, <laughs> but if you choose not to, that's okay. Okay, no, I'm good with that. Yeah, with that that movie. No, I, I it's I I did enjoy this. I've only surprisingly I've only seen it once, and it's just come down to a. I just haven't fit it in the way I've been able to with other Star Wars releases. I don't know what was so busy about this year, but when it comes out on digital release, or maybe I don't know if it's hitting Disney Plus the same time that it's coming out, I will. I'm going to check it out again, and I'm sure I'm going to enjoy it while I'm watching it. And maybe I'll pick up a few things that fill in a couple of gaps, but it also might bring up some other questions. And for me, sometimes that's fun. Now, mm -hmm. in this case, like we talked about earlier, there's a couple big questions that I can't even wrap my head around. But <laughs> but still, all in all, it, I, it, it was a good. It was a good. Here's the thing. It was a good time watching that movie, but it still doesn't feel like the end of this. Trilogy I've invested the past six years of my life in, and that's a little, eh, I don't know what you want to call it, frustrating, disappointing, maybe a mixture of both, something I don't, in that I don't know how you can't feel like the trilogy's over. By God, they threw everything at you. <laughs> well, it's, it, yeah, you're right. It, it, it was definitely an end, but it's like there seems to be a second story that they forgot to tell yeah. during the last two movies. No, you're right about that. You're very right. I don't disagree with anything that you guys are saying there, but the biggest question is, how do we ultimately rank this one? Uh, you guys know the Jaws scale. In fact, uh, Scott is uh, giving it to the audience before every single episode now. Uh, oh, wow. So, hey. Hey, me. So uh, where do you rate this on the Jaws scale? Oh, all right. I'll, I'll pull the Band-Aid off this one. This is tough. This, it's, it's tough to rate it. A Jaws three or below because it's just—I mean, it's still—I hate—I and I always, always get on Chris's case about this, but in this case, he's right. It's still Star Wars, and this one, 
was more fun to me than some other Star Wars moments. While I can't give it a Jaws, I can't. Yeah. I feel awful giving it anything below Jaws two, so I'm going to say a Jaws two. I give it a really solid Jaws two. I, I was toying with the idea of Jaws two plusing it, but I, I'm not going to go that crazy. But uh, I, I, I give it a solid Jaws two. I can't also give it a Jaws one because it just, I mean. The degree, and look, I'm not critical of fan service except when it just comes as nothing but groveling, um, which at times this movie does seem to grovel. And at yeah. that point, I can't just give it Star, I can't give it Jaws. You know, it, look, I'm a big Kiss fan. The movie reminded me of going to a Kiss show because Kiss literally will go on stage and do whatever they have to do to make you entertained. And it doesn't really matter if it's consistent with anything or anything else. <laughs> They're just going to do whatever they have to do to make sure you had a good time, and that's kind of what the movie reminded me of. So I'd say solid Jaws 2 for me. Okay, well, I'm going I'm to make it three of us <laughs> ranking it as a Jaws 2. I think I'm on the – I tend to be on the lower end of Jaws 2. Uh, I, think, I think it definitely gets into Jaws 2 because although it hasn't gotten to that stage yet, I think it does have a significant rewatchability. I think that this isn't going to be a movie where, you know, once you've seen it a second time, you're done. I think when you're flipping the channels, when it's on, you're going to stop and you're going to watch it. Uh, so rewatchability is, is definitely a big factor in it. I think the characters are overall entertaining. And I think the story, you know, it gives you enough action beats and entertaining things going on that, you know, it's got that. That, that innate rewatchability about it. I can't, I don't think it can be a Jaws because there's just too many times where you scratch your head and think, huh, what were they thinking there? Or why did they do that? Uh, so, you know, it's, it's not going to hit that level. I don't think it's Jaws 3 because Jaws 3 is just, you know, like a barely passable, entertaining movie. I think this is better than that. So I'm going to put it at a Jaws 2 myself. Um, now we we already know you know we're going to get a second season of the Mandalorian, uh, yes. And you know with Disney Plus being what it is, I'm sure you know we we've at least gotten you know, we we at least believe we're getting an Obi Obi Wan series, although I've <laughs> yeah. I've heard various reports on that. Uh, TV series aside, uh, movie wise, movie franchise, where do you guys think this is going from here? Hmm. It's going off the reservation and onto something else. Yeah, and that's perfectly okay with me. I almost am in a bit of a fear that they're going to revisit this part of the galaxy again, which is not out of the realm of possibility. But God, no. it's not for like at least a decade. Yeah, so, but uh, well, I think yeah, I think Scott's right. I think it's going to be uh, a new new corner of the universe for a few movies or galaxy, I should say. Yeah, well, I wouldn't mind seeing kind of like the Old Republic or something along those lines. Not necessarily adapting those stories, but something in that, you know, now, that look, era. Look, I, I've long been a champion of and proponent of the EU, but the but the honest to god truth is about seventy five percent of it sucks. This well, as I said, I, I'm not looking and for I, them to I'm I not looking for them to adapt I, those I, those stories. I, I've invested as much time and money in it as well, but oh my god, is there some god awful? <laughs> They're just some terrible, and it's it's really more the case that it's awful than not. Yeah. And, uh, 
uh, you know, so I, when it, people say they should have adopted this, uh, should have adapted this novel or whatever, no, stay, just uh, stay no, far. No. Well, Unless that's that's why that's why I made a point of saying I'm not looking for them yeah. to adopt those adapt those stories. No, I'm looking unless, for them to possibly do something, it, you know, do go, something yeah. in that era of the uh, of the universe. But that's you know an original story of some sort. Uh, sure. I wouldn't I wouldn't mind seeing that. Uh, I do think they've put a lot of time, money, and effort into making us fans of Ray, Poe, and Finn. So I'm not sure they're going to be ready to totally put that to bed just yet. I think it's good. I think we're going to see a little gap before we see them again. But I don't think we've seen the last of them. Uh, I think in live action we've seen the last of them for a very long time. Yeah. I think we, you know, I think we may go a few years. But I don't. John Boyega is going to be as old as Harrison Ford when they do that sequel. Again. And he's, <laughs> well, that's, and he's that's going what to I'm... yell at some young kid. That's not how the force works. <laughs> that's not what I think. I'm, I'm thinking somewhere in the somewhere between the five and ten year range. I think we'll see. I, actually, I, I would not be surprised. I mean, I, I don't know, but it would not surprise me at all. I, I, I think you're right. It, it can't be less than five years. Ten seems like a real possibility. I hope, in all honesty, I hope they do revisit them because I think those characters were woefully underserved in this trilogy, uh, and I think there's a lot more to them that could come out. And uh, if they decide to do something with them, I'm I'm all on board with it. Uh, I just don't know that they landed with the public in a way that, I mean, you know, you you guys are all old codgers. Mm-hmm. You remember how it was when everything came out and we and everything was new and we every single one of those characters in that movie was beloved. Chewbacca was beloved, Luke was, Leia was, Solo was, 3PO and R2 were, Vader definitely was. Um, in this trilogy, I I didn't I, I sensed a, a groundswell for BB-8 on the first film, <laughs> and uh, outside of that, I don't think anybody. I really don't think these characters. Now I know that somebody's gonna somebody's gonna go. How dare you? When I see my little girl cosplaying as Rey, yeah. and she goes to Galaxy's Edge, and Rey reaches out and touches her cheek. <laughs> You know, yeah, I, I know, but I mean, but by and large, I mean that's kind of you know that's the exception that proves the rule. But by and large, I just don't know that these characters landed. And had they been had they been portrayed throughout a trilogy as they were in this particular film, I think that would have been different. But I just don't I don't know that there's going to be some big demand in ten years for Finn to come back. You may be yeah, right. I, I don't see them having the same popularity as. Luke Han and Leia did thirty some odd years ago, there, but I do think there is a popularity, and I don't think Disney is willing to just let that go. And, and especially if you don't, if you keep them, if you keep away from them in that story for ten years, mm-hmm. it's people will have remembered that this trilogy certainly existed. They'll remember the characters. Then they're going to start tapping into the nostalgia factor, and people might think they like them better than they did. <laughs> at the time they saw it, I know it's a weird thing to say, but no, it's, it makes sense. Though. No, I, I don't think right. they'll. I don't think they're gonna think they like them more than they did. I think they're going to start right. to like yeah. them more than they did. I think nostalgia that, that's, will that's make really them like them it. more. That's a really good way to yeah. say it. Yeah. yeah I think over time they are going to become more. Not. I don't know that they're going to be beloved, but I think they're no. going to be more well, beloved. The other thing, though, too, and I think it's something Disney's coming to grips with, with the because I think when they first started Force Awakens, their mission was make people forget the prequels. Uh, and I think more and more they've come to the thought of the prequels are there. They're not going anywhere. They're never not going to go anywhere, so we might as well merchandise them and make things out of them and that kind of thing. 
and I think that probably will be the case with these. It's like <laughs> they're not the most popular thing we have, but by God, they exist, and so we're going to use them. <laughs> and you know what? These came out, and all of a sudden, the prequels became more popular. Yes, they did. Yeah, they so did. don't don't discount the possibility of that happening with these. Mm-hmm. True enough. So I guess that's going to do it for our episode. We, I guess we talked for close to two hours, so that's a, an, an extra jam-packed episode with extra <laughs> Scott and Matt goodness. Uh, I want to thank should be. Matt. Matt and I have not shared a podcast in. It's been a long time. Yeah. Years. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah you're both welcome back here anytime you want to come on. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a really. That was a, yeah. Before we wrap up, let me get this on here. That was. A, I had a blast, and I can't believe it. it was two hours that flew by. So this is this is a lot yep. of fun, guys. Yep. Yeah, I here, enjoyed here. it very much, and I appreciate you guys making the time, especially. Well, I enjoy. I, I appreciate both of you making the time, but I know there's only one among us that has to get up in about half an hour to go to work. This so. is true, yeah. <laughs> so I, I really appreciate you making the time in evening hours because I know how difficult that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, but well, both of you, thanks for making the time to come on. And as I said, you're welcome to come on any time. Uh, just you know, I'll, I, I'll keep giving right. you the occasional holler, but anytime you want to give me one, I will make time for you. All right. What are you guys doing tomorrow? <laughs> I'm going to see the Eagles at Madison Square Garden. Oh, are you? Really? Well, see, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. You're better off going, yeah, doing a podcast with us. <laughs> I'm gonna go. Uh, I got free tickets to some guy named Wyoinge Malstream or something. Oh, like that. Duh, stop it! <laughs> <laughs> I love that man. He's a national treasure. I just don't know whose nation. <laughs> you beat me to it. Yep. <laughs> So, uh, you want to, I, 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 you know, I just assume that, and that I have less listeners than anybody in the world, but if you want to pimp anything while we're on here, please feel free. I well, guess Matt's not. the only one. To do it. Matt, <laughs> Matt, Matt podcasts regularly. I just show up in places and occasionally crank out a Star Wars story. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, this, I'll just say newsaz.com is where if anything that, we mentioned that I do is there. That's the short of it. So check that out. You'll find stuff. You'll probably find things to hate me even more about after this episode. <laughs> and that's, that's what it's there for. That's why I still love you guys. <laughs> um, and, uh, and I've got my star Wars story out there. Uh, actually, actually I, I can break this. I mean, I shouldn't break this cause we don't have a firm date set yet, but, uh, the band is getting back together. The is whole it? band? The whole band. Wow. Okay. Because talk about ending on a cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the band is, uh, we finally got the last one to sign on, and uh, the have band started is recording? To get together. No, we have not. We've been discussing locations, techniques, and frequency right now, but everybody's back on board, so... Uh, which I didn't ever think would happen. Those of you who heard the don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. Dinner for Geeks. Uh, uh, that I, anybody who heard that last episode knows that I had given up all hope of of us ever existing in the same room together, and uh, we're getting the band back together. Wow. Well, well I, I hope I hope cool. all personalities will get along with each other. But I know <laughs> uh, I'll tell you I'm looking forward to it because I've always that's always been on my must listen list. So. Yeah, I know, and I hear from people about that. And you know, you know, well, I shouldn't probably. I'll tell you this story off the air. <laughs> right, well, so if, you know what? Everybody who's listening, 
Too bad yeah. for you because you're not going to hear yeah. it. But uh, <laughs> but thank nope. you for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you, Matt and Scott, for coming on, and goodbye, everybody. Now we're out, and Scott can tell the story. His last. Long have I waited. Snoke trained you well. I killed Snoke. I'll kill you. My boy. I made Snoke. I have been every voice you have ever heard inside your head. die first. I have died before. The dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. What could you give me? Everything. Nothing will stop the return of the Sith!